to Blue Notes On Air. Join us as we chat with experts, analysts and commentators from the Asian region about business, culture and economics. I think we've left the era of just mobile banking and we're moving into an era of just banking more conveniently. Today, Andrew Cornell, Karina Parasella and Peter Dalton chat about the new iPhone, technology and how banking is changing, all from the floor at ANZ's Product Design Centre. We hope you enjoy the discussion. Hello, Karina. Hello, Peter. Thanks again for speaking with Blue Notes. I'm sure it's going to be a fascinating discussion today and welcome. Well, thanks, Andrew. And it's great to be here talking with you, Peter. Yeah. So I think the the world knows now that Apple have introduced and launched the new iPhone 8 and the 10. From a mobile banking perspective, does this change the story? It does a little bit. I mean, it's a new device which is garnering a lot of attention. So one of the things that it does from a mobile banking perspective, banks need to stay up with this stuff. So our solutions, in this case GoMoney, need to work on the new devices the day they come out, which is not long from now. Then the next thing it changes or it makes us sort of think about is how do we leverage the capabilities mm. that might be in the new device to provide better services for customers? Should we be leveraging you know, the facial recognition sort of thing? Some of the other sort of tools in there to make banking easier and more meaningful. Just like we did kind of back in 2010 with GoMoney, uh, we sort of said, you know, can we make banking even more easy with the advent of the iPhone? Mm. We've now got to challenge ourselves and sort of say, what does this mean for us? Mm. Can we actually do a better job at what customers sort of want to do with these devices? Great. This is your area. You, you've created GoMoney, one of the, the earliest sort of new wave banking apps seven years ago we were talking about. Yeah, in uh, 2010 we, we created it. Not me personally, a lot of hardworking people created yeah. it, but yes, back then. And it really shows, at the time that was quite revolutionary, it shows how fast technology is moving. What sort of things do you think these new technologies are going to lead to? You know, we've already got fingerprints, facial recognition. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's been an interesting space over the next 10 years. You've seen how much this technology has changed from the last 10 10 years in terms of phones and Apple Pay and, you know, uh, watches and all that kind of thing. I think the next 10 years will be even more exciting. In terms of, though, what we will be able to do, it's sort of hard to predict, but one of the things I can assure you is that a lot of what this is all about is putting people back in control and making things a whole lot more seamless and also having the technology really understand who you are and helping you do things. So things like facial recognition, which Apple have built into the yeah. iPhone 10, and even before that, Touch ID, which was your fingerprint, was about not having to remember all those passwords right, and right. pins um, and making things even more secure. So facial recognition will be one thing that will, at a glance, know who you are and give you immediate access to your banking, right. or your photographs, or all that sort of thing, uh, using it for payments. Uh, and beyond, beyond that, you'll see other sort of things where, because the phone is always with you and knows who you are, it should become smarter, and it should be able to sort of suggest things to you about, you know, you're currently walking past XYZ shop, um, and there's a, a sale on sort of there, yeah. uh, as long as you, you know, opt into these things. Or, you know, you've been saving really well this month from a banking point of view, but we've noticed that you could put away an extra sort of 10 or $15 than you did last month and making those suggestions to you. A lot of what I think well, you'll see in the next 10 years will be, if you use the buzzword in the industry, using things like machine learning and artificial uh-huh. intelligence yeah. to know you and to make suggestions for you that are really sort of helpful. Uh, I mean, it's, it's interesting because when you say that, I think, oh, great, you know, it'll know what... And then I stop and think, oh, hang on, do I really want you to know that much about me and predict that much about... How do you balance, you know, what is what is really useful and a consumer wants with what might appear a bit 
spooky. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's a really, really good question and something we think about all, all the time. I'm sure companies like Apple and Google do it as well. The way you balance it is the thing that you're offering to the customer has to be a material convenience for them, right? And then you also have to give them the protection of privacy and the ability to opt in or out, right? What people don't like is when it's not more convenient, it's just an annoying ad that follows yeah. me around the web, right? Or they have no way to sort of get out of that kind of thing. Um, Apple's a company that does this reasonably well, actually, with privacy and data. Uh, and if you can do something, and Facebook's probably the best example of this, where you give something so to someone that they really enjoy and want using, connecting with friends, then and they can opt in and out, then they're prepared to give away a bit of their data, a bit of their privacy, uh -huh. whatever, because they, they see what they're getting back as a benefit. Yeah. If what you're giving people back is not a benefit to them, then it is never going to sort of really take off. And if it, you do it in a way that is, uh, to your words, spooky, because we never told them about it, we never asked them if they wanted to opt in, then it will probably backlash as well. So we think about it at ANZ is, can we do it to make their life more convenient, make their banking more convenient, make them more successful in what they sort of do? I'll give you an example. I'd love to get to the point in the future where for a business customer, we're looking at their transactions and their accounts and how their business is growing, let's just say they're a coffee shop in Melbourne or um, and we're looking at other businesses that are similar, right, and we notice that another business is growing more because it's got perhaps different opening hours, uh -huh. right? Being able to suggest to that business, the first one, say to them, did you know that businesses like you are growing at 10% faster because they've got longer opening hours or they've got, I don't know, two FPOS machines or they're doing other things. Uh -huh. And for a business to go, hey, that's kind right. of really useful, I didn't know that. I find that people don't mind giving up a bit of their data if A, they opt in, and B, what they're getting out is really helpful to right. them. Right, it's, it's really interesting how you, you do balance that and obviously are always thinking about it. So with all of this technology, new devices, emerging tech, rapidly accelerating, how do big companies like ANZ stay and innovate at pace while still meeting those needs of our customers? Yeah, great question. I think it comes down to a couple of really, really important things. Uh, the first one around keeping up with this thing is having the right sort of people, mm. people who are naturally curious, who are plugged into this sort of stuff. And we have some great people, you know them in the ANZ, who are always out onto the next thing saying, hey, we should look mm. at this. That's a really important part of our culture that we should encourage, right? We don't necessarily know the answer about how we'll use all these things, but we should be curious and actually encourage people to be curious and say, hey, we could use this for something really good from a customer point of view. So the first thing is about encouraging a culture where people are allowed to look outside and to be curious and to experiment. The second thing is having the right skill sets. So once you decide to do something with uh, the new iPhone 10 and face, uh, facial recognition, we've got to have the right engineering sort of skill set to actually make that to work mm. and the right um, user experience design people to do it in a way that's simple and all that type of thing. Then we've got to have the appetite as a sort of company to invest in selected, not everything's going to work, but invest in things that we think will really make mm. our li customers' lives easier, make the banking solutions better. Now I actually think in those three things, we have elements of all those in ANZ today and we'll get better at them going forward. Great, awesome. So mobile banking is definitely a hot topic right now. Now obviously from not only from the devices we've spoken about um, and mobile wallets but also things like IoT, wearables, I'm thinking digital assistants like Siri, Alexa, Google. Is this the reality in the future of mobile banking or just banking? Like 
you know, the, do we still got to have the reliance on bricks and mortar branches? Uh, so it is a couple of things. Uh, it is a bit exhausting to keep up with all yeah, of this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think we've left the era of just mobile banking and okay. we're moving into an era of just banking more conveniently. If you go back 20 or 30 years when you had to get to a branch uh, before 4.30 on a Friday afternoon, people did it and it was okay. But what ATMs allowed us to do and then um, plastic cards and FPOS and now these devices is to be more convenient. Mm. In your pocket, all the time, wherever you go, overseas, Apple Pay is another example of that. Sure. So I think it's not about mobile banking, it's about banking on your terms, right. where you are, when you are, and all that sort of thing. I think you'll see more of that in the future. What the really good design companies do, and ANZ is moving in this direction, is they find the points of friction, right? You know that point of friction is like, when you might have left your wallet at home and your card's not there, oh, yes. I've got my phone with me, I can tap and pay. Or the point of friction where I can't remember my customer registration number, oh, I don't have to anymore, I've just got a pin. Got it. Or I can't remember my pin, that's right, I can use my fingerprint. So our job, and this is what's happening with all of these other companies and whatever as well, is to find a need that customers have, mm. a point of friction, oh, I wish I could do that. And if it makes sense for our business and our customers, find a way to bring that to life because that's how you create value, is finding those moments of where a customer says, oh, I really wish I had a, and if that makes sense to our business, if we can invent that, then that's how we satisfy customers and how our business sort of benefits from that as well. Absolutely, so constantly flexible mm. for our customers, mm. great. Now you're playing a, a key role in helping roll out new ways of working at ANZ. Mm. So how do we, is this helping us actually stay ahead of technology? How do we actually make the most of um, emerging tech and doing the best things for our customers uh, while rolling out this new way of working. New ways of working is is about a number of things. It probably is not going to help us stay ahead of technology because that's moving pretty fast, mm, right? Mm. It'll probably keep us on par with it and may be enable us to be active users of it and use it in the right kind of way for our customers and our businesses. But new ways of working is really about changing the way we work so that people are more empowered. We can deliver great solutions to our products to our customers more rapidly, uh, less kind of sign-offs and decision-making, what have you. We want the, the whole bank to work in small groups, we call them squads of people, they have a very clear mission. And in there, there are technology people and design people and product people and marketing people to say, how do we bring this mission to life to make banking more convenient for customers mm. or to provide a great solution for our business user of users and really empower them to look at the market, to be curious, to look at competitors and to go and test things with customers mm. to deliver a better solution. If uh, we sort of, when we get to that way of working, we should find that the solutions for our customers are better, we should find that we're faster to deliver new things, and we should find that it's, uh, our people are much more empowered in the way that they sort of work. Um, we will always try to keep up with some of the tech companies as well, but I think at the moment there's a fair pace of technology change coming you know, in the world that you know, we will all struggle to keep up with mm, a little bit. Absolutely. We've heard a lot about new ways of working. What about the next five to 10 years? What do we need to do to, to get there? You like asking hard <laughs> questions, don't you? Um, I think what we need to do is we need to continually ask ourselves, what do our customers want? And how is the environment changing? And, and really respond to that. That will mean some changes in some cases. In some cases, what we're doing will be really good and just sort of continue. It's about having a mindset that says, we don't want to ever say, no, 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 this is the way we do it. We do it. We've always done it this way. Mm. Um, we're never going to change. It's about being curious and going, well, how do other companies doing this? Um, and trying some new things. So I do think in the next five to 10 years, there will be lots of changes, but we're trying to build it into our culture such that it's not a really big change. We're just constantly moving and adapting with new technology, with new 
customer demands, with new things happening in the economy and the environment. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to predict any one big change in the next five years, but I do see a constant evolution of what we do so that we're always putting the customer's needs at the centre of our business and leveraging new inventions like this uh, or new processes like Agile to make ourselves a better organisation and a better place to work. I love it. Personal question, should I get the 8 or the 10 in terms of the iPhone? <laughs> Sorry, well, I'm just thinking. There's a big there's a big price difference. There's two answers yeah. to that question. Uh, if you've if you just need to do what you do today, I think that eight's more yeah, it's affordable. Do, yeah, exactly. And I can't <laughs> imagine. If you like to keep up with the latest and greatest, and you're happy to spend well, a bit it. more for that, then this well, could be for you. I can't imagine doing a face ID from the car, you know, at the red light. And that's terrible to say, but you know, you're, even if you're parked, I mean, that's going to be really hard. Yeah. My um, personal philosophy yeah. on this is, when anything's brand new, bleeding edge, sometimes it's better to wait for version wait. two. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Got it. Thank you. Thanks for speaking with us on Blue Notes today. Right. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Blue Notes On Air. Blue Notes On Air was produced by the Blue Notes editorial team with music by Kevin McLeod. Blue Notes is a publication of ANZ Banking Group.